0: Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance, a podcast hosted by Financial Friends. I thank you all for joining me for This Week in Finance. We have an absolutely fantastic lineup of stories. This has been a very busy week, one that Elon Musk has been the star of the show in, so he's going to be a big feature. We're also going to touch a little bit about um, some NFT things, A little bit more about NFTs, uh, this time though, regarding Logan Paul. We're going to speak on Mark Zuckerberg, his company Meta, Panera Bread, Amazon, and the state of the economy as a whole. So... If you're interested in any of that, definitely stick around and hear what's going on this week in finance. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you might be listening to, I want to say thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. You're always more than welcome to come join us over here on YouTube as well. Join the friend group on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button um, and see my beautiful face. But if you prefer to listen, you're working out, driving a car, whatever it might be, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. If you're on YouTube, thank you for joining as well. Let's go ahead and get right into everything that is going on this week in finance. First things first, in the absolute star of the show, Mr. Elon Musk himself had earlier in this week announced that he was going to be not joining Twitter's board. If you tuned in a few... um, few of the videos throughout this week, I know it got brought up um, a couple of times. It was kind of the star of the show in one of my videos that Elon decided to not join the board of Twitter. Now, this was for a very specific reason, okay? If he joined the board, there was a rule where he was not allowed to own, I think it was uh, 14 or 15 or so percent of the company, 14.9%. It's basically 14 and 15%. Okay, so Elon was not allowed to own more than 14.9% of the company if he decided to join the board. He obviously did not decide decide, excuse me, to join the board. So it seems as if there was a reason why he might want to own more than 14.9% of the company. Otherwise, joining the board would seem like an absolute fantastic decision. You'd have a little bit more say, a little bit more control, um, and be able to kind of help guide the company that you so desperately wanted to guide. He felt that the management was not superior, was not going to be good, was not going to be able to help him out. He wanted to own a little bit more than 14.9% of the company. Obviously, when this morning, this is uh, Thursday, April 14th, he decided to asked to purchase the company. He offered $54.20 a share, valuing the company at $41.39 billion. stated that the company needed to be transformed, but as a private company, and this was the hostile takeover that media was discussing and was talking about, one of the reasons why he wanted to not join the board so he could own more than 14.9% of the company um this really did seem to be the reason the shares were up on this news shares have then dropped because the story has kind of dragged on and as the story has dragged on it is clear um that twitter does not want him to do this obviously they don't want to lose their jobs they don't want their employees to lose their jobs and he's came in a little harsh you can see here here's the actual uh, sec offer And if you do scroll down to the bottom, I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of these things for everyone who is just listening and isn't watching. He said this to the chairman of the board, Brett Taylor. Now, Brett Taylor also represents the shareholders. So he's supposed to have the shareholders of Twitter um, in his best interest. And it reads, I invested in Twitter as i believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe and i believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy however since making my investment i now realize that the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form twitter needs to be transformed as a private company as a result i am offering to buy 100% of twitter for $54.20 note the 420 in cash A 54% premium over the day I began investing in Twitter and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is best and final. And if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. Now, um, Meet Kevin, I've been watching a little bit of him. He's obviously very tied in to everything going on with Elon, considering Tesla and Meet Kevin's large position in Tesla. He did say that in the real estate world, best and final is thrown around all of the time. And in reality, it doesn't always mean best and final. He seems to think that the board will decline this because, well, they kind of have to, right? They need to at least make some form of negotiation and can't just roll over and accept an offer. This is a good offer for shareholders. It is at a premium, but it's not a good uh, offer for employees and the CEO and the board members and everybody else. So more than likely, it will be declined. But Meet Kevin hopes that they will offer some form of counteroffer and that maybe something can be worked out. This also read in the SEC filing. This is again sent via text. This is Elon Musk. As I indicated this weekend, I believe that the company should go private to go through the changes that need to be made. After the past several days of thinking this over, I have decided I want to acquire the company and take it private. I'm gonna send you an offer letter tonight and it will be public in the morning. Are you available to chat? Also included um, was a voice script that said best and final. I am not playing the back and forth game. I have moved straight to the end. It is a high price and your shareholders will love it. If the deal doesn't work, Given that I don't have confidence in management, nor do I believe that I can drive the necessary change in the public market, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. This is not a threat. It's simply not a good investment without the changes. And those changes won't happen without taking the company private. My advisors and my team are available after you get the letter to answer any questions, and there will be more detail in our public filings. After you receive the letter and review the public filings, your team can call my family office with any questions. So, Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. Will he buy Twitter? Will he be able to? He actually said today in a TED Talk, he's not sure if he'll be able to make the purchase. He also stated that he does have a plan B. So, there seems to be something kind of in the mix if they do decide to say no. I was watching some CNBC today. Um, A few different analysts over there said, yeah, no, he doesn't have a plan B. He barely even has a plan A. So I'm not too sure what to believe in that regard. What I do believe is that this is a net positive. There is a massive push to restore free speech. I know this gets political, which it shouldn't be political. You should be able to say anything that you want to say within law, right? You cannot say things that are illegal. You cannot promise things that are illegal, um, you should not be able to say things that are illegal, but within law, you should be able to speak your mind. I think that Twitter is a fantastic place for people to be able to do that. News can trend quickly. You can find hot topics, uh, sports scores, all anything that you could possibly be interested in. Twitter's algorithm will find that. It will trend that. And you can also see anything that's just trending in general. There might be um, some news that's out, a sports score that's hot, someone wins a championship, business news comes, political news comes out, and it can all be funneled through one place, Twitter, right to your phone, right to the palm of your hand, where you can instantly shoot out a reply of your thoughts to the world, in which that tweet can trend and gain traction and new opinions can be discovered and found, and that doesn't happen when people don't have a voice on a platform. I think that this would be a net positive if Elon was able to acquire the company, In terms of should you buy, sell, trade the stock, that is not my spot. I am not a financial advisor. I have no financial advice and I do not have any direct stake in Twitter. So there you have it. Everything that you need to know catching up with Elon, my guess is this will be outdated as soon as I record it, which as you can see in the top right of the screen is Thursday, April 14th. My guess is tomorrow something will come out, even though the stock market isn't even open tomorrow, something will come out regarding Elon Musk and this will be outdated. So this is everything up to this point. If something happened that's breaking, go ahead, drop it in the comments, tweet it at me. Um, Instagram. Use public. You can follow me on public. I post something there every single day at Prennishima. And as always, all the handles are right here behind me written in my terrible handwriting. Speaking of Twitter, Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet flopped. Now, what is this? What am I actually talking about? So um, an NFT was purchased for $2.9 million of Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet now, it was recently posted um, for sale on OpenSea, and it received a top bid of $277. That's it. <laughs> $277. You probably thought I was going to say like $2.7 dollars 207. No, $277. Like, $277. It was initially purchased for $2.9 million. And it's now worth two hundred and seventy-seven. Now I've repeated that six times. Why am I saying it? Be weary, right? NFTs in this new space, in this new investment world, is fantastic. It's explorative. It's new. It's creative. Um, as a creator, artists or creators can develop their own, you know, voice and have control and have real utility and ownership over very cool things, right? Art, music, um, audio, pictures, video, all this stuff. But the problem with it is, is nobody knows, right? No one knows what the value could be and not everything is going to be worth something. And of all things, I would have assumed that this would hold value. Now, maybe not hold or appreciate, but at least hold some form of value, maybe over a million dollars. Like he actually owns the rights to the first tweet from Jack Dorsey but it's not worth anything anymore. He paid basically $3 million for this, um, and now it's worth $277. So you can't pick and choose. We don't actually know what is or isn't going to be worth something. So be weary. Be cautious out there. Um, It is complete bubble territory. It is complete speculation as to what exactly will be worth something because ultimately, while you might own something you don't actually own it. That first first tweet is out there. Um, it, it's, it's public knowledge, right? We know that this is what Jack Dorsey first tweeted. So the value of owning the JPEG of it or owning the actual tweet, which I'm not a hater of NFTs, um, but in this specific instance, clearly this one didn't hold value. I would be more interested in owning a one of one or a one of 10 of some very amazing art piece or something like that and digitally owning something that I could then potentially display in my home or some, some form of NFT that has utility. Now, speaking of NFTs with utility, um, I'm not going to play this because I don't have the capability to actually like play the, I don't want to play the audio, but Logan Paul has a new project out. It is called 99 originals. And this is a NFT project. I think the idea behind this is fantastic. Essentially, what it is is Logan Paul has went around and taken 99 unique and amazing photographs. These are physical, like Polaroid-style photographs. And he will be releasing them. I think he planned to do this for one a day, um, for 99 straight days. The link to, obviously, the TikTok will be below, so you can click on it and get the full you know full story there. But he will be releasing these, and you can purchase it it's going to be a NFT. Now, he did promise that some of them would have some form of utility, maybe related to the type of picture that it was or something like that. Um, And my problem is not that this is an NFT. Um, My problem is that the actual value behind it is the physical picture and potentially the utility that comes with owning that physical picture. Now, you might digitally own this on the blockchain, but someone could just steal the picture from you. Now, I'm not 100% sure if he'll be delivering you this, this, this physical image or if you will only own the digital rights to it and he will will keep it, or if he's going to list a few of these on his new liquid marketplace, or if this is really just a ploy to promote his new liquid marketplace, which is where you can um, buy pieces of collectibles similar to Otis that Public just acquired. Um, But if Logan Paul his mission is really to deliver these, hand deliver them or to mail them or however he decides to do it to you, then the real value in this project is not in the NFT, but it is in the physical image because that is rare. That is one of one. That is not a JPEG, that's an actual physical image, but that can be stolen, that can be moved. So he's doing the coolest thing that I think I've seen other than maybe V friends by Gary V in the NFT space. But the thing that makes it very cool is not the NFT. It's the actual physical image. So let me know your thoughts on this down below. Obviously, if you have thoughts on any of these topics, always comment down below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have stories that you wanna hear about during the week, send those to me. Open book, I'm always listening. I'm always chatting with you guys. Obviously, Financial Friends is a community for anyone interested in investing, business, finance, any of it. So I'd love for you uh, to hear your thoughts. I'd love to put some of your thoughts on this week in finance, but what do you think about this? Do you think the actual value is in the NFT or do you think the actual value is in the physical photograph? And uh, what do you think of Logan Paul's empire that he's slowly building? Because this is surely gonna blow up regardless of how it's perceived by some people in finance. Moving forward, we do have Mark Zuckerberg. This is still Web3 meta um, NFT-style space. Now, to skip through all of the wordage, essentially, Mark Zuckerberg said that meta will start to test selling virtual goods. And I'm involved in this creator world. So the the side of this I really want to focus on is that creators are now going to be able to turn a profit within the metaverse or the Horizon Creator Fund or Horizon whatever the world that he's created I think it's called horizon um, creators can now build and I think there's amazing um, you know opportunity in that space if you're a creator in the metaverse and in in specific Facebook or metas metaverse I think you're gonna end up being in like the prime real estate for the metaverse now I've been very outspoken that I don't like the metaverse I think the metaverse is a cool thing for entertainment purposes, but, um, we're always in the real world on our phones, on our computers, listening in our earbuds. We don't always have time to put on a whole entire thing and, and involve ourselves in a complete separate reality than the one that we live every single day. And so being a creator in a space that isn't the real space or real world, I think is going to be a little challenging because how are you going to get people to consistently be involved in this? Maybe I'm just naive and this is the exact same thing as when the internet was first founded and I'm gonna be one of those like boomers calling the internet stupid. Um, but I guess screenshot, or not screenshot, but clip this and in like 50 years, if I was completely wrong, you can send it to me or put a tweet on your phone and say, hey, Twitter, remind me of this. But then again, who knows if Twitter will be around if Elon takes it and burns it to the ground or something. But um, I don't know, I'm not sure about this. I think it's a fantastic space, but for now traditional social media monetization is still growing we're st- i mean we don't even have like real monetization for creators on twitter super follows and subscriptions and you know things like that are just starting to happen on twitter uh at facebook i think there's some form of monetization that exists currently for creators on facebook but the big ones are tiktok which is minuscule um other than sponsor and brand deals youtube which is the, you know the big kahuna in this space And that's really about it. Obviously, you have Patreon, which is like direct support for creators. By the way, Patreon link down below if you want to help support financial friends and what I'm doing and hear this podcast two to three days, depending on how quickly I get it up early every single week. Go ahead and drop that, you know, drop that support on Patreon. You'll be able to hear this before anybody else. Then you can come join over on YouTube, see all the articles, see everything like that. But um, I don't know. I'm not sure that this is going to be super fantastic. It states here that uh, bonuses will be paid around goal-oriented monthly programs where creators are kind of paid out for their progress of you know, building creations and, and building companies or whatever they're going to be building in this metaverse. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I know there's a ton of money being thrown this way, but there's a lot of money being thrown at Jack Dorsey's first tweet too, and that didn't really work out too well. So we will see how everything unfolds. Speaking of something that we have talked about before, though, Panera Bread is testing automated coffee brewing with Miso Robotics. We spoke a few weeks ago um, about how robotics are coming for the food industry, right? They are cost-cutting, and they increase efficiency, and those are really the two things you want to do in food. You want your food to be made less inexpensive, right? You don't want to sell cheap food, but you want your food to be prepared less inexpensive or in an inexpensive manner and you want it to be produced quickly so that people can fast come in get their food get out this is what this is going to do Sat in Panera for a few hours one day, had employees constantly constantly, pardon, refilling that coffee machine to have a subscription. I mean, I sat in there and drank like four cups of their big coffee. Um, so they constantly have to refill those machines. If they were able to automate this, this would save employees time. This would save the company time and money. There's a lot of other companies going into this. Um, Chipotle announced that it's testing a robot made by Miso that makes tortilla chips. And then other fast food partners are already White Castle and Arby's. So a lot of money is being thrown in this direction. This is something we'll continue to talk about as it develops. Obviously, not all of this stuff is going to go into effect right away. You have McDonald's testing out um, you know, automated ordering looks like you have a few other companies that are getting in on this so this will be very interesting as it continues to develop i think this is positive for the companies and as i've said before i think it's potentially negative for employees who will in in effect be phased out um, of as much as possible in everything now humans are humans i think we'll find our way i just hope that this doesn't happen in one big push and force a large chunk of people out of their jobs Amazon, and I guess that I no longer have access to this article because I've clicked on it too many times, but Amazon has increased um, or has introduced, I should say, a 5% hike. It's the gas and inflation or fuel hike, and it has been introduced on across the board on Amazon. I'm gonna go ahead and paste a link in here. I just copied over from my iPad. This was my tweet uh, in regard to this article. Amazon will charge businesses that sell products on its website a 5% fuel and inflation fee beginning late this month. The latest signs of companies trying to grapple with rising costs. I tweeted in response to this, this is a trickle-down effect and consumers will have no way to pass this to anybody else and are gonna feel the full effect of it. If you think of this, the way that any really kind of supply chain works, oversimplified of course, is someone has a product. This might be the manufacturer of like a blank water bottle or cup, for example. Okay, think of this as an orange cup. Someone takes this orange cup and they purchase it for 20 cents and they add these little, this design on it, right? The little ripples or something. And then they say, This is my cup and we're gonna sell it. Well, Amazon is the place where it gets sold. If they increase their cost, their fees, 5%, then the company that is going to give it to Amazon to sell, well, they're going to increase what they give it to Amazon for or what they end up charging their final cost or their, their consumer on Amazon. And, of course, at some point, the creators of these products are going to catch on and they're going to say oh by the way you know we're going to increase our prices too because well we want to increase we want, we want to cut of all this um, and there's going to be just no way for the consumer who has to purchase the product say on amazon or target or walmart or whatever to to pass those costs down to anybody it's going to pass down to their pocketbooks or their checkbooks or credit cards or cash or whatever they're paying with and they're just going to have to pay the fee so Inflation is continuing to rise. It's continuing to go on. And as Jamie Dimon says here, this is our last story, that he sees storm clouds ahead for the U.S. economy. Um, He did note that he doesn't know what's going to happen with those clouds. Just like storms, sometimes they go away and sometimes they cause mayhem. So nobody actually knows um, what is going to be happening within the economy, within you know the United States as a whole in terms of economics, but nobody ever knows. Everyone says they know, everyone thinks they know, everyone uses indicators that are supposed to tell us when things are gonna happen. I will never sit up here and tell you that the recession is coming uh, because I quite frankly don't know and I am a college student that is continuing to take macro and microeconomic courses literally as we speak um I had to read a chapter just today. So again, I'm just cultivating I'm just the the spearhead of this whole financial friends community providing you with information and with the knowledge that I do have with investing, personal finance, finance, business, etc. and I'm allowing all of us here in the financial friends community to discuss and talk about it. So if you would like to go ahead and comment anything down below, add to this conversation that has been started here today, definitely go ahead and do so. If you are enjoying the This weekend Finance episodes, leave a like down below on the video as well. It takes just a couple seconds and it greatly helps out the channel, helps push this video to more people and expand our community. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate all of your support. And with that being said, I will see you all next Tuesday when we drop another episode of The Dividend Journey. Take care.